it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Over the holidays and into the new year, we'll still be publishing new shows to keep you up to speed with the NFL playoff race, the NBA, and award season. We've published some great episodes in the month of December, including two rewatchables on Happy Gilmore and The Godfather Part 2. Chris interviewed Watchmen showrunner Damon Lindelof on The Watch, and The Ringer NBA show ranked the top 25 players of the 2019-2020 season so far. Lastly, happy holidays from The Ringer. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. This is episode four, part four of the most dramatic season ever countdown. And my guest today is the one and only, the one with all the info, Mr. Chris Harrison. Hi, Chris. Juliette, thanks for having me. And this will be the most dramatic, dramatic episode <laughs> ever. This is it. I'm I'm honestly nervous and excited to reveal the top 10 to Well, you. look, you've had some uh, other characters come in and help, but if you're going to do the top 10... Gotta go to the guy. I gotta be here. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was worried you wouldn't do it because, it, like, God knows you've got enough Bachelor in your life. So thank you so much. Well, you do a great job. You're you are a champion of this franchise. Thank uh, you. And honestly, then I heard Rob Mills had come in, and I'm like, okay, I can't be upstaged by Rob Mills, <laughs> our, our showrunner, and 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 maybe the greatest champion of the show. Yeah, he he might be the biggest fan. I've yeah. met. certainly bigger than me. Yeah. Uh, I also. You know, it's just tough. And plus, the reason I'm doing this is because Peter's season is starting next week. January January 6th, 6th. three-hour premiere on ABC. But no, like, studio filler, just three hours of content, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. There's no stage show. Uh, I got—people beg me not to do that three-hour live show. uh, And trust me, it's not like I make it up. But, uh, (laughs) you know, we have so much good content. It's—this season— I'm so excited. It's it's I'm, I, it's sad that we're doing this countdown because if you waited till after Peter's season, it would be in the top ten. Well, we can revisit it in in April next or, year or March. Yeah, in 2020. In 2020, <laughs> exactly. Um, so, do you want to know where I got from 11 to 20 last week's episode with Mina? Just so you have some context. Okay. 20 Ari. Okay. He got way bumped up because of the breakup. Without right. without the breakup, uh, agreed. He, he would have been okay. lower, but I just feel like that was such incredible television. Couldn't ignore it. Very fair. Uh, 19, Ben Higgins. Okay. Good season. Not great. All right. 18, Rachel Lindsay. Groundbreaking. Okay. Only, only black bachelor, bachelorette lead. 17, Jojo. Jordan Rogers. I mean, I just, I just die for the Rogers connection. That was, that was an interesting one that spilled over into my real life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, 16, Emily Maynard. Only 16. Yeah. Wow. That I, was, that was a good season. I love Jeff. I loved Jeff. Let yeah. me say. With one F. Jeff, one F. Friend of Tony Romo, who's also a friend of yours, is he not? Yes, I, I do know Tony. Yeah, um, Dallas connection. Jeff, I was obsessed with the time when I was going back and I watching. I feel like he's kind of fallen off the face of the earth, though. He was completely, and yeah. then he had like a feud with Ari that trickled out. When yeah, was that was lead. weird. That was really weird. Never really came to the front, but it just seemed like they they were kind of like. But Kalen and the uh, helicopter yeah. arrival, there was a lot of good moments there. It was really good. Yeah. Also, everyone calling her daughter baggage. That was really Oh, that was crazy. That was Kalen. That yeah. was Kalen. There yeah. was Kalen and one other guy who didn't say it to her face someone, or something like it. That was so good, though. That, when she undressed him verbally in the house that night, that was good. Um, 15, Colton. It was really good. Okay. The women weren't great, but the fence jump and like the end of it right. was just like. Yeah, Cassie trying to break up with him repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. And like everything with his dad. I just feel like it was good stuff. some moments bolster the season. Right. That's how Agreed. I feel. 14, Brad Womack, part two. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I really loved that one. The Emily Maynard season. The Emily Maynard yeah. season. When they made her, when uh, the show had her go to the racetrack before Brad knew that her husband was a dead race car driver. No comment? Well, she's keeping moving. Uh, 13, uh, Nick Vial. Uh, okay, why? Uh, just, I thought it was like overall good, solid. A lot of noteworthy women. Okay. And I don't know. I just feel like that one I found very entertaining. That was a launching pad for uh, a good, good women as far as casting. Yes, yeah. for sure. 12, Deanna. Really enjoyed Deanna. All right. And I like I like that middle period. And number 11 was Juan Pablo. Oh, Juan Pablo didn't make it in the top 10. No, just on the, just on the cusp. Is that just because you couldn't, with with good intentions, move him in the top 10? My issue with Juan Pablo— Because technically— It was incredible. It, it was, was incredible. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the layers and the stories and, and all that, I mean, I'm not saying if you love him or not, but just TV-wise, it was a fascinating season. Yeah, and I think my issue was just I felt really bad for Claire. I just was like— yeah. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's kind of insane. If that happened now, it would be huge news where he was like, don't, I don't want my daughter to know that we had sex. And then also them both denying I, having sex. I vividly remember having a conversation with him and I explained to him, you are slut shaming this girl. And this is before yeah. this was a cool term. Yeah, totally. Um, I was, I was woke back in the day. Yeah. Um, and so I said, look, I, you know, I feel like something's getting lost in translation and I'm just going to try and help you out. You are going to be murdered by everybody if you slut shame this girl because you were it was unbelievably consensual and you, sure. you were both in on this and now you're making her feel bad for something that you were a part of and so he just and, and then he started speaking in third person and i said oh boy this is where i leave you this is this i, I can no longer help you he's a chris chris you want Juan Pablo, you get Juan Pablo. And I was oh like, oh God. boy. Ricky Henderson, uh, the only person that can really pull off third person. Oh my God. Yeah. And so when, when he went third person on me, and I actually said that, he says, what is third person? I said, okay, now we're really going deep and, and dark on this. And so I also think if Nikki had been a little bit more entertaining, perhaps he'd be top 10. She's probably hmm. the most boring winner of all 38. Um, but yeah, and, and that gave us the Andy Dorfman uh, Andy. season. That gave us some, it gave us some good. Claire, gave us Claire. It gave us Claire, gave us Andy. That was a, a very good season of of ladies as well. Maybe one of the all-star seasons as far as women who came off that show and have done so much more for the so franchise. Much more, yeah. yeah. I think that was sort of a little bit of a turning point like around that time. I think Chris yeah. Souls' season, which I talked about even earlier because mm -hmm. that also was a real boring one to me, but that, he had amazing women. I mean, he had... Ashley right. and Caitlin, obviously. And then he just, it was just like from that period, the women just became like, it's like they were able to harness their yeah. Instagram fame or whatever. And yeah. It was like a little bit of a turning point. It's also kind of weird to talk about Christmas season now because of everything that's happened since with the accident and right. whatnot. But uh, that was like also like, oh, okay, so you start in the show and then there's a lot more. So to that got us to 11. Juan Pablo got us to 11. Juan Pablo got us so to 11. So this is the top 10. Here's the consummate host. <laughs> <laughs> Number 10. By the way, can we before we say, how is this voted upon? This is this you? It's my personal. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know if there was a panel no. of experts. Of, this is okay. not a Democratic podcast. Just Juliet Littman. It, it's not talk Laying in bed late at night going, eh. I have been thinking about this a lot. Like, I wake up. Oh, like, I have no doubt. And I'm just like, oh, did I mess that up? I, <laughs> I hope it's not wrong. I was worried to tell you my top 10. Okay. And, and so I, I, I did it based on the lead, the villain, locations, impact, and— And let's preface this by saying— you have not revealed any of this to me. You no, you asked me not. if I wanted to know what we're going to be talking about. I said, no, I want to be surprised on the spot. So anything 
I say or do today, it is off the cuff. Off the it, cuff. Is, it is 100%. Off the yeah, dome. <laughs> just right <laughs> off the dome. No studying, no preparing. I just wanted to be surprised to, so I could, I want to get my natural reaction to your top 10. I, I'm really excited and also really nervous. Just don't judge me. Don't don't let this change your this estimation is, of me. Like the show, this is only about judgment. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's all this is. Okay. Well, with that said, at number 10, I think a forgotten season that I want to discuss, season 16 of The Bachelor, Ben Flanick. I like the Ben Flanick season. Okay. You I like, like the it. Ben Flanick season. Yes. You like it. Why do you like it? Um, first of all, it was uh, it it smacked of kind of what the Bachelor's all about that unknown kind of the 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 Rafael Nadal of it all winemaker mm-hmm. um, and you know put just the romance and and he had the, the the backstory with his his dad and and the family so I just right off the bat I thought we had a really good Bachelor to tip this thing off that I, women would be vying for totally and also he um, was not not selected by Ashley Hebert. I right. believe. A-Bear. A-Bear. I always call her Hebert, <laughs> Hebert. And then I get corrected and it's like A-Bear. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to go with what I'm Just I've like been the saying. NFL quarterback. Yeah, exactly. It was January 2012. And the main reason this season was so great was because of Courtney Robertson, who he chose at the very 100%. end. Courtney was probably like a top five villain in the history of the show. And not many villains win anymore. But Courtney won. And owned it. Yes. Um, we, there are reluctant villains. There are villains that don't know they're villains. She knew and owned it and pushed it. Big time. Yeah. It was really her. And that's that was one of the first times that I felt I really dove into the psychology of the show of like, what is making this girl do this? What was making her do it? And this is again armchair quarterback here and and psychologist. She was a model and and a fairly successful model. And her life very pretty. Beautiful girl. Yeah, beautiful girl, and actually a lovely woman. Not a bad person, believe sure. it or not, despite what you saw that season. But to me, if you've ever met models and, and know them, it is a cutthroat, killer be killed world. And I know that sounds crazy, like really models, but yeah, you go into this room of a thousand women and it is cutthroat, horrifying the way you're treated. They live in these apartments together and they get paid nothing. And it's just this killer be killed mentality of survival. She brought that into the bachelor. Sure and the bachelorettes of moving into the house. And I think she just saw it as kill or be killed. I'm going to come in guns blazing. I am mowing everybody down. This is how I survive. And it's been successful for me her entire life. And so I think she just applied what's been successful over and over again as a model to this show of competition. And it worked. And they went skinny dipping in the ocean and probably had sex, though never confirmed. Can't, yeah. in, can't uh, what Vieques Island was it Vieques Island? Yes. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. And you just can't overlook uh, some ocean coitus on this show. It's a pretty big yeah. deal. And something else I really wonder about: the noceums were horrible. <laughs> they were so we all got in the ocean that same day and had to get out. We were getting eaten alive. Really? So my thought was, wow, they were naked. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, a weird That's side hilarious. Ju- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we had to have you on the show. Right. She also came into it having dated Jesse Metcalf, who was on Desperate Housewives and was like yeah. famous at the time. So that's like some great backstory. And then in addition to Courtney, there was Blakely, who was despised by the women, just absolutely despised and also drank a lot. Like, But, I, I but re- a very different hero. I mean, I mean a di- very different villain. Sure. Hero in her own book. Yeah. Hero in her own book. And, and, but a very different villain. And you had the two, again, Courtney owned it, leaned into it and was like, I'm doing what it takes. There are no rules for me. I'm going to sneak over. I'm going to be in lingerie. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, sex this guy up. I'm, I'm beautiful. And he knows it. Yeah. And if he wants to be with us, this way it's going to be. And so she dominated. 
And, and that was another reason why I think she was such a villain is she was dominating the game. It was like, it was, it was hard to know what to hate. Sure. She's the she player of the path. game. She was, and she went for it. Blakely was different. Blakely was the type of woman who goes to Ben and is like, I don't know why they all hate me. Right. I'm just trying to make friends. And he would like have to give her a lot of time to like get her through it or whatever. And I feel like when you are in a position where you're like managing people mm-hmm. or dating 20 women at one time, whatever it is, the person who has a problem, you're just sort of like, go away. Yeah, like, I, I, I need this like I need a hole in my head. Yeah, Courtney sort of yeah. like took him and was like, I'll make it easy for you. Ben Flanick season, I always use this as an example of um, biggest casting miss mm-hmm. and, and producing um, prognosticating miss was, and I forget her name. She was, a, she was a blogger from New York. Oh, yes. Her name was Jenna, I think. Jenna. So when people say, do you cast crazy or do you, you know, try and push girls— this was the opposite of how bad we miss sometimes. Jenna was a blogger from New York. He's a winemaker in Sonoma. We're going to have this great sex in the city mm, thing. She's yeah. sex in the city. She's, she is Carrie Bradshaw. That's so funny. And, I didn't even have thought about that. And we're going to have New York, wine country, California come together in the middle of, the, of, of it all and fall in love. We thought she was going to be final four. When I say we, not me, but the producers. <laughs> there were producers that were telling me this girl— is everything we've wanted. She's romantic. She's great. She's, you know, kind of the hip Carrie Bradshaw girl. Awesome. Night one, utter disaster. Melts down. Ben wants to get rid of her. And in that first night when they're keeping 18, 20, 22, whatever the number was, you know, Ben says, I'm not keeping this girl. And we're like, look, you know, there's a few spots here that you're not sure who you're keeping. Trust us. This girl's great. Like we met her at casting. I think she just had a bad night, maybe a little too much to drink or something. Let's give her another shot. She was very drunk, if I recall. Yeah. So like, let's just, let's run this back. You know, give her, give her a mulligan here because I, we really think this girl's going to go far. Fast forward a week to Rose Ceremony 2. We're in a vineyard up north. Yeah. You guys went to Sonoma for starting an episode too. She is running through the vineyard, crying her eyes out <laughs> in, in a psychotic fashion, locked herself in a bathroom. Ben's like looking at us like we're the devil. What did you do to me? And yeah. And we're like, <laughs> sincerely, we thought this girl was going to be fantastic and go to the final four. She's gone. And we're like, okay, you're right. Night two, she's gone. So that was a, a big... Good TV for two episodes, but a big miss on our part. She, if she had come along a little bit later, she would have gotten to the paradise system and just been like a rotation oh, player. Oh, yeah, yeah, she would. <laughs> and yeah. she would have had a long life. She would have been that sixth, seventh player off the bench that gave you 15 a night. Um, ben season also gave us Rachel, who famously got screwed in the final season of Bachelor Pad. And she was the one who didn't get the money, I believe, yes. with Nick, who took the money, which is. One of the greatest moments in reality TV history. Yeah. The, Not the, for Rachel. The prisoner's dilemma. But for everyone else. And he's like, yeah, you guys are the cool kids in high school and you didn't give me the time of day. Yeah. Guess what? I'm taking the money. And she's just, and he's just like, fuck it. Yeah. Just then, pulled the rug out from under him. That has happened since on the challenge. But of course, yeah. Bachelor Pad did it first. Of course. Do you miss Bachelor Pad? Because I miss Bachelor Pad. I, I miss parts of Bachelor Pad. I think we took the best parts and moved it into paradise yeah. anyway. There were things that were inherently wrong with Pad, um, mainly and namely the competition. Sure. Was, it was, where does competition lie in these things? Any any show we create, we always have to now be careful of, it's all about the love. It's sure. all about the romance, the drama, those relationships. And that was a big lesson with Pat. And it it needed to go away for a year anyway. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure no problem. Um, let's keep it moving. Next, at number nine, mm-hmm. A Bachelorette, season 10, Andy Dorfman. Love Andy. Love Andy. Yeah, one of my but, favorite people. But do you feel this is appropriate at number nine? 
Yes. I want you, you can punch back. If you're like, Juliet, what are you talking about? Well, I don't about? know what's in the rest of the top 10, so it's going right. to be hard. I, I may punch back after we we're there. done. Okay. Um, okay. But, right, but right now, I feel like Flanagan to Andy Dorfman is very fair. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, the men hated Nick. Hey, Ted. I think that Nick is like up there with a Courtney Robertson type. Yeah, he's a very, he was a very dislikable guy, which oh is interesting because he's a likable guy in real life. He really is nice. Like he's like a pretty yeah. caring person. Yeah, very. He's a very sweet guy. But it yeah. was, yeah, he was, and again, maybe it just goes back to the the model thing and he's a good looking dude and, and it's just easy to hate good looking people. Sure, yeah. I think that he had a complex from the very beginning where he yeah. was like, Andy, talk me into this. Where it's sort of like, dude, she's the bachelorette. Talk her into it. Right. And I think that the the guys didn't, they, they perceived that as an arrogance. And there was like this one scene and I think it was Belgium where they sat him down he had come back from a date and he mm-hmm. everyone was wearing scarves. So it was very funny. And like they big scarf season. Big scarf season. I think I even might have had a couple on. It was big a big scarf, scarf. And V-neck season. T- V-neck t-shirt. Yes. I remember everyone's uh, <laughs> the <V>. photos. <laughs> and um they just like confronted him. And they it was sort of like it's a kind of thing that happens on the on the bachelor more than the bachelorette. Right. And I loved it. And then he hated Josh Murray, which was also fantastic. The the yeah, the Josh and Nick of it all. We're great characters. You know, Josh, kind of a Neanderthal, athletic family, um, kind of grunts a lot, sure. heavy breathing type of thing. Big, <laughs> He's a really sweaty guy. Big Remember man, in Paradise? Big, one of the sweatiest human beings ever. Oh, my God. So sweaty. Um, Roberto. Dude, me too. Roberto from Alley season. And Josh Murray, top two sweaters ever. Oh, my God. Well, Roberto, I'd like to see more of him, but we'll talk about him yes. later. Um, I, I just think that was a good one. And Andy, I think, is one of the best Bachelorettes. Like, I think she was just a really solid lead. She's yeah, ratings-wise so wasn't the greatest season, but like to me— six average. Yeah, to me, it was a great— it was a great season of characters. I thought she was a wonderful bachelorette. I thought she was, you know, she's a smart, strong, independent woman who obviously has her flaws of trying to date and, you know, and and a bit of a mess as far as dating goes and relationships. So I thought it all fit. I thought it was great. You had the juxtaposition of being this kind of brilliant young attorney and than this. And yeah, it had been a while of, since we'd had a really strong professional woman. Yes, which I I like when people have careers. That was yeah. from, from the early seasons, I really liked that too, where I was like, when Dr. Andy Baldwin was in the Navy. And, right. And it sort Aaron of Berge, like, the banker. And yeah, yeah 100%. Totally. By the way, I was going back and looking into Lorenzo's pet cosmetics. Yes. And just what a fascinating man that guy is. Incredible. I just was uh, like- Is it still around? No, it's okay, not. Okay. But I just was <laughs> Hard like, to believe that didn't work out. Pet cosmetics. How yes. fascinating. Yeah, and it was weird. Anyway, but the, I, liked all, I like when people have careers. It's one of the reasons I'm excited about Peter. I say it constantly, but I, yes. I feel that way. Also, Boys to Men appeared on this season. Pretty pretty good Santa yet. Barbara date. Yes. That was, okay, so great. St- I love that you're throwing these nuggets out because it brings up memories. I'm glad. <laughs> the manager, always the manager or the, the publicist, whoever, was like, okay, Boys to Men will come on. They will spend 12 minutes on stage. They will, they're only singing their new song. They're not going to sing their old stuff. Da, da, da. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go on stage and I'm with Boys to Men. And I'm about to introduce them. We're at that, the mall, the open air mall there in Santa Barbara. And I'm like, guys. Because they went on, and they, I don't think they realize, nobody realizes until you get into it, if you're not a fan of the show, how big the show is. Yeah. And when they walk out, and there's like 3,000 screaming fans there at this mall. They're like, this is amazing. And, you know, th- that's the drug of performing live. So they did the show, the the the, the song that they were going to do. We shot it. And I said, guys, you know what would be awesome? You went out there and just did a little medley of your hits. Like, let's just go. Like, let's, and they got, yeah, yeah, this would be great. So they went out there and just started ripping through all their hits. And we had the best time and they had a wonderful time. 
much to the chagrin of the producer and their manager <laughs> that was so pissed at me for doing that. But I was like, I just go around people. I always ask for forgiveness, not permission. Of course, I agree. And so agree. we got them to put on a great show. That's a David Jacoby philosophy yeah. as well. He, t- he taught it to me. Fully agree. Um, another thing from that season that always haunts me is Marcus Grodd did like a striptease twice. He like, they did it on a group date and then I believe he ran it back on like their one-on-one on one or their hometown. horrible. And yeah. it remains horrible. I actually, I didn't even try to rewatch that Sneaky, scene. Sneaky, mysterious guy too in the history of the show. Well, what's he, what's he, what are he and Lacey up to now? Because they had the, like a second life and yeah, now they're for, both gone. For people that remember, he went on to Paradise, yeah. got engaged. Season and one. Then the next thing you know, like they had broken up. And by the way, she was... Um, like super sneaky, successful, rich. Oh, really? With the mortuaries or whatever she owned. It was this weird story. That's a, or old folks' homes or something that yeah. she had, whatever it was. She was super successful and and, and actually very wealthy. He kind of, uh, I, I can't say he went off the deep end, but next thing you know, he's in the military and he's like in sniper school and really interesting, weird twist, a turn where he just kind of went away. I haven't, I haven't heard or seen anything. So he's since. a Navy SEAL doing Who knows? Missions. Yeah. He's, he's, he's probably some in some. He's American sniper. Probably. Um, one more fact about that season and then we'll move on. I, Great I really characters in that season. I love this. Yeah. Um, also JJ, the pantsopreneur, one of the, one of the kind of like <laughs> right. the peak of the weird jobs. There was that Yeah. Well. It is where it kind of started, huh? Yeah. And they had that weird lie detector date, which has been run back ever since, but I think it was one of the first I remember. And then she was like, I'm not going to listen to these answers or I'm not going to read these answers. Let's just move forward. But everyone took it really seriously when it was happening. And they were freaking I, out. And I forget the nugget I had, but I had something really damning on Josh Murray or I think it was Josh. I think it was Josh because it came up later in the season. Yeah, I, I brought it up later with yeah. something about him not wanting to get married and have kids or yeah. something. It was like, yeah. Yes, and that was like used against And him. so I had, because I had the envelope sitting there and she's like, I don't want to know. I was like, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> all Information's always good. I also like Andy because she lives in New York and I like all the New Yorkers. Also, I think she's her and her and JoJo are my picks for the prettiest bachelorettes. I just think that um, she, she was stunning, and I actually went to Juan Pablo's night one. I think it was the yeah. first time I met you. Okay, and she was stunning that first night, and he was the most attracted to her. You could just tell they. I I could just see it. He I just like really the way, and I like I like the way that she just kicked Juan Pablo's ass in Juan oh, Pablo's God, season, just put him in his place, and me that too. was that made her. She was. You know, she's vulnerable yet really strong. And I always like characters and people that are like that in the show because it just gives you, you know, when they're all in, you're going to get it all. You're going to get that emotion, but then they have backbone and they can handle their own stuff. And Andy, I thought, fit that mold really well. And and then she had some good guys. It was a good, I, I'm still shocked a little bit that her, that it ended up with her and Josh. I am, I am too. I thought that was going to work. It seemed like a good match, but. He was a chew toy for her. Right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and, and, and she has, and when you look at the guy, you know, doing the athlete thing and all that, yeah. like mentally and emotionally, wasn't you know, re- wasn't ready. No, that's, that's Tiger Woods playing against me in golf. That's, that's, <laughs> that is the mismatch of the century. <laughs> okay. Number eight, Bob Guinea, season four. One of my favorite human beings on the planet. Everyone loves Bob. Of course. I actually, uh, I was texting with Tanner and he was like, love Bob. Great guy. What's so great about Bob? There's nothing that's not great about Bob. He is <laughs> he is that guy that walks into a bar by himself in the middle of Poughkeepsie and leaves with 5,000 friends. Oh, my God. And there's only 2,000 people in Poughkeepsie. He is just that guy. He's the Pied Piper. People loved him on Trista's season. He has the it factor. There's two people I, that vividly feel had that it factor. Andrew Firestone, mm. also one of my favorite human beings, and, and Bob Guinea, where they have that magnetism, just that thing that you want to be with them. 
You want right. to be around him. You know you're having a good time. And uh, he's just generally one of the nicest guys. And he came off of Trista's season. Trista's season of The Bachelorette was lightning in a bottle. That casting of men was as good as it's ever been. It'll never be better. That was the dream team. And completely random, right? By the way, I put Trista at 38. I was like, great people. I can't stay awake watching this. It just was so flat. Wow, how back dare then. you? How dare you? I, I really like, I think Trista and Ryan seem great. Right. But I was just like, oh, also, you guys didn't show the dates very often, very much. It was a lot of yeah. like, and, and, and it the was, guys, it was obviously, I mean, it was just the first time. It was so new. It was yeah. so, and, and, and that, I wish we could do that season now. Sure. With the naivete and the same cast, because what really happened was phenomenal right. theater. I mean, those guys were, it was a fraternity house. The, the whole premise, it was the first time we did The Bachelorette. And so Mike Fleiss, the creator of the show, was genius. He's like, you know, the bachelorettes would stay in this beautiful Malibu mansion mm -hmm. and the bachelor would stay in this place. But when we did the bachelorette, he's like, I want the bachelorette still in a, a kick-ass mansion. I want the guys in a, fr in a frat house. I want them in a bunkhouse. Wasn't it like in Beverly Hills or something like that? It was in the valley. Oh, in the valley. It was this the weird, valley. oh, it was this weird house in the valley. <laughs> it was so weird. And uh, it was just this crappy one-story ranch house where we put five beds in a room and they would, I mean, I came over one day and I hung out a lot more back then. I mm -hmm. would go by and play cards and have beer. and Yeah, I mean, it sounds also a different part, part of your life. It was a different time, yeah. yeah. And I came over one day and all the all the lawn furniture and pool furniture was on the roof. Oh, my God. It was that thing. And, you know, I forget who the, uh, the one of the firemen was, but he would get, he got a little inebriated because back then you, you could still do that. And um, they picked up his bed and put him in the yard. And- the he woke up when the sprinklers came on. Now, if you did that, they'd be like, that's the most scripted, silly scene ever. But that happened. And it all happened behind the scenes. So much fun. Jamie but was a Jamie White who had the whitest, Jamie Blythe, mm. eating dog food. Just got, just no shirt on, board shorts, <laughs> pounding dog food. Like that stuff would now be on camera. Right. And, and it, didn't, it didn't make it in. No. And that's why it's boring. We didn't even shoot it. Right. Totally. Yeah. And like the and like the dates, like there wasn't that much footage from that. And like like Ryan seems like a great husband and like they seem like a really lovely like family. Terrible television. Terrible, terrible television. Te I, yeah, Ryan is a f easily also if we're, we're if we have a category of best athletes ever in the history of the oh, show. Really? Ryan. Who else is even in the conversation? Jesse Palmer? Uh Jesse would have to be because he was a Heisman hopeful. Yeah. Uh played in the league. You have F. I mean it's pretty good. Um, I'm definitely up there. With my prolific uh, college career. Um, but no, Ryan's <laughs> that guy that pisses you off no matter what sport. He picks it up and he's the best. You can just tell that Ryan obviously seems like a great guy. Like, yeah. And like nice, whatever. Everyone's thought season seemed great. And so people loved Bob. He's the guy you can't poke holes in. You're like, there's nothing wrong with the guy. And I, I think that's funny about Bob. But Bob came off that. And at the time, so this is interesting too, Bob messed up his leg. He was in a boot mm -hmm. uh, during Trista season. Mm -hmm. And he, had, he was a quarterback at Michigan State, speaking of athletes. And had gotten a little heavy. So he came back on the season. We named him The Bachelor, and he got all fit. Yeah, I was going to say, he he dropped some weight in between seasons. And he's like, I'm not fat, Bob. I'm, you know, I'm fit. <laughs> he's like, this is what I really am. We're like, yeah, but you're still just the funny guy, right? Like, it's it's it was kind of like when Jonah Hill decided he was going to sure, not. He when was he gonna, lost weight, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that's like, that's great. But like. We liked you the way you were. Right. You don't have to take yourself too serious. I don't care what you look like. You could be fit if you want. Yeah. Uh, but Doesn't change it for us. Right. So, you're still Bob. The thing about Bob is that he's had the most sex of any bachelor until Peter, perhaps. I have a feeling right. the Earl Peter will, will, <laughs> will be, uh, could maybe take his crown. Right. But Mike Fleiss famously said on 2020, about 10 years ago, that, that Bob had sex with five and a half women. So there you go. <laughs> the, half, the half girl. He, yeah. he was 
the first bachelor that we had, because he's only, you know, he's only third in the line, but he was the first one that saw this as a great opportunity. Yes. <laughs> like, hey, yes. I will never be around this many beautiful women. I am uh, going to enjoy this. It was 2003. It was a different time. Yeah. Well, and the show takes on the the feel of The Bachelor. They take takes on the tone. And Bob, night one was, he's the guy that would, you know, if he could have set the tone, it would have been shotgunning a beer, game on, let's yeah. have a good time. And the women were like, awesome. And it was a, it truly was a cocktail party back then. It was just a, a you know, two month party. And Bob was the ringleader. Right. And I think also, if that were to air now, I think it would just seem really different. And I I liked it when the show was more sexual. I think in the last couple of seasons, right. really peaked with Colton, obviously, because he's a virgin. But, like, the absence of sex is stupid. Sex yeah. is part of dating. Well, now it's it's how do you handle it? And now it's everyone's, like, sex positive. And, right. I know. Like, I had someone say that to me. Like, I th- we really liked uh, Hannah. She was sex positive. I'm like, yeah, is that a word? I know. It's just, like, it's just dating. And obviously you want to Yeah, it's called like, dating and it's called life. And yeah. it's like- You want to so, be like respectful and clean and of safe. Of course. But like, it's also fine to have sex. And I, I just, I feel, I obviously in, yeah. in going through this have chosen many sexual seasons to discuss. Well, it is, and it is it. a thing. The, phys- yeah. the physicality of a relationship and the, that, that, that chemistry you have is a thing. Yeah. And to deny that and to act like it doesn't exist in our society- is quite silly. Totally. It is very much a thing of dating that we all, it's like that first glance, are you attracted? Are you, you know, and then obviously there's a deeper connection later and then there's the physical. And so, yeah, that's a thing. It's a part of relationships. And so not dealing with that is is silly. And back in the day, they were, I think they were so much more sexual, but we didn't really dive into it. Right. Like standards and practices probably cut out three quarters of the good stuff on Trista's <laughs> season. It would have been, it could have been the greatest season ever. Had to be on cable for that. Yeah. Um, with Trista and Bob, how did it change it for you as the host at the beginning of the show when you already knew the lead? Like you had met Trista, obviously, right. um, from Just made it one. easy. And back then I was kind of, uh, as a host- I was also growing so much because at the beginning, no one really knew what it was. And I really was a talking head saying lines and going into these scenes. Then it became getting into the Guinea season. Trista had started where I really had a good rapport with this woman. Mm-hmm. She's a dear friend. Bob Guinea was the same way. Like, I know this dude. He's been a friend of mine for a year now. I'm actually his buddy and his confidant, and I'm also the host. And so that those are the seasons when it really started to turn for me and going into Firestone of... I became that guy that was also more than just the host. Right. Like you're there for the, for those yeah. people and everything. And, get, and back then too, I mean, we were, and this is bizarre and talk about behind the scenes, but like the show would be in for the night mm-hmm. and we actually would end. It'd be like, okay, good. Put the cameras up. We don't do that anymore. Crazy. And we'd stop filming and then Bob and I would grab a beer. That's so funny. Yeah, the producers, we'd all just be sitting around and hanging out and we'd- That sounds more fun probably. It, it, as, it as really was. Member. There was yeah. no pressure. We were having a good time. But it was just bizarre that that's, that's the way it was back then. That's so funny. And when you go back and you watch the old seasons, it looks like a different era. Like, because yeah. the feel is so just like defined now and everything. Yeah. It looks more like the real world. They really era were stuff. more produced moments as far as the the timing of it. It's like, okay, we're going to shoot from now to now, get the rose ceremony, and then we're done. Right. And then we'll shoot tomorrow. And so by the time you got to Bob, which aired in the fall of 2003, he was the fourth Bachelor, plus Trista had already gone. So this was your fifth season doing mm-hmm. the whole show. Fifth, five seasons in basically 18 months. Like, that's grueling. Yeah. How was that schedule? And it wasn't crazy. It started to get crazy when we we added, you know, we did two Bachelors and, and uh, one Bachelorette. But you have to remember, it was all still very much based in LA. Right. Less travel. A lot less travel. And and Trista even laughs at me now. She's like, really? Thanks for, you know, you went to Sedona. <laughs> I know. Um, That's why I feel 
like the locations actually are relevant right. in ranking it because it's like speaks to the budget. And well, like, like Andy Dorfman's yeah. season was one of the greatest travel seasons we've ever had. You were in Belgium, we're in the Marseille, coast of France. Belgium. And yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome. awesome. But with with the Bob Guinea years and Firestone, all that is we would travel and then come home. Right. So you'd go for a couple of days, go to Belize, and then you would come home and have the rose ceremony back in LA. Right. And so it wasn't that crazy. And we weren't shooting 10 two-hour episodes. These are one-hour episodes. Oh, my God. I and know. And we're only doing six or seven episodes. So Helpful it, it, my rewatch to yeah. be shorter. Thank so you it very wasn't much. So it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, and, and so it was just, it was simpler TV. Right. Right. Okay. Let's move on. Number seven. Brad Wilmack won season seven. He didn't choose anyone. And speaking of your role as the host, what was it like when Brad decides he's not choosing Deanna or Jenny? It was contentious. Was it? Behind the scenes. Were you pissed? It was very contentious. Um, it led I, to great television. I wasn't that upset because I thought this is something we needed. Uh-huh. I think that needs to be an option. And, and it is, quite clearly. Sure. But some of the producers were upset. Some were really pissed, like really mad that he wasn't going to make any kind of decision and just walk away. And then, then it, you know, as a producer, you're there that day because it really came down to that final day of what does this look like? How do we finish this? What is what is the finish? Um, and so there was a, a wide range of emotions. Of, Everyone's just like, yeah. Brad. But I have a vision of him like walking in circles. Do you remember that? <laughs> Where he literally was pacing and was like just freaking out and he was sweaty. Also a sweaty guy, yeah. Brad Womack. But he's he's uh probably one of my closer friends that, that's come off the dude. show. He's a very the most thoughtful, generous bachelor I've ever had. He actually is one of the few that sent me a gift after oh. the season. There was a shirt I mentioned that I liked. And back then, I think some we wore some of our own clothes. Um, and he actually sent me a shirt. Way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he was just, he's very kind and thoughtful. Still reaches out to this day of just, hey, how are the kids? And he's that kind of guy. Uh, and actually very, probably uh, Firestone, maybe, but maybe the most successful bachelor we've ever had. He's yeah. done really well. He owns well. a lot of bars, right? Yeah. He's like he's like a legitimate like restaurateur. 100% has done very, very well in Austin, Houston. He's opening up one in Nashville right now. Um, that's where he is. So he's, he's doing good. He's a funny lead who was like very in touch with his emotions, which is yeah. funny because that is like very Gen Z and like young millennial. And I feel like the leads in the more recent years are more like Brad in some ways, but it came right. off very differently on him. And also, is, he's like this big, is he? Guy. W- yeah, would you say he's one of the better looking he's bachelors? Not, he's not for me. Okay. But I do, I acknowledge, like, he's kind of like in the Sean Lowe, like beefcake vein. Okay. And I, I don't go for that personally. I thought he had more rugged good looks than the than the boyish charm yeah, see, of Sean Lowe. That's definitely true. I just think he's, I just don't find him attractive. Okay. I, I've not always found him like strange. But I also would say I'm glad he didn't pick Deanna because she turned into be a great uh, bachelorette. But wait, so give me like a few of your types. Well, who, who, I was who? absolutely obsessed with Tyler. Just completely obsessed. Well, yeah, I Who's mean, not? Yeah. He looks like <laughs> Paul Newman. Yeah, so. you <laughs> Just stand there and don't talk. Just stand um, there. My favorite bachelor as a human and uh, handsomeness is Ben Higgins. I just love Ben. Okay. I just think he's, Good choice. Know, very handsome, really nice guy. Yeah. Just adore him. Stand up double. Totally. Yep. It, you know, it's Perfect. just like obvious. Like, how, of course he's super, the bachelor. Yeah, super. Yeah. Making he, him the 20th bachelor is just so obvious right. and so perfect. Um, so I love Ben. I love Tyler. I think Peter's quite cute. He also, I, he looks great with the scruff. I yeah. feel like. And the scar. Yeah. The he, scar and the oh, scruff yeah. really helped. Yeah. Man. What happened with that? Was he drunk when he stepped off the golf cart? Was not at all. Oh my God. What not, not even remotely. Like we had just, and we'll get into more of the details on the show, so I won't sure. get too much of a spoiler. Um, but while he had a glass in his hand, he hadn't even taken a sip yet. We, mm. it's, it was fairly early in the day. We had just gotten to a hotel. 
and and he we were just checking in. So we weren't on a golf course. We weren't oh, playing it. golf. Got it. It just, you know, sometimes- It's a freak accident. Sometimes there are golf carts that take you to your rooms. Yeah. That's what that was. I see. So I, when I people said he was he, like wasted on a date or exactly. something. Exactly. Like, when people say, oh, it's a golf cart accident. Then it, all of a sudden I heard, it, you know, he was playing golf with Harrison and he got, I was like, wait, what? Oh my God. And yeah, so. That's really funny. Was it really like 20 something stitches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's whatever so the many. room was, 22, whatever it was. That's so many. Yeah. yeah you, didn't you release a statement to like clarify? I did. Yeah, I did. So like, he's going to live. <laughs> okay. So Ben, Tyler, Peter, I found Jeff Holm very attractive. I don't really know okay. why. Yeah. Um, I don't find most of these guys that attractive. I think it's their personalities. So. What season were we on, by the way? What were we talking about? <laughs> we were talking about Brad. You okay. I thought Brad was handsome. But he was one, he was one of my favorite, too. I, he, I thought he was a good guy, good bachelor. He was... Um, that's also the first time Bachelor, not the first time, because it was really popular at the very beginning. Like 20 million people watched mm-hmm. the first few seasons. Yeah. But it proved The Bachelor could still make news, which I think was a pretty big deal yeah. and became like a national storyline that was, this guy didn't. didn't well, um, and you bring up a good point because there was the time when life changed and, you know, Aaron Berge's season had 33 million viewers and Trista's season was the highest rated ever from start to finish. And then going into Bob Guinea, I mean, we're talking numbers that don't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, you'd be, any show. yeah, it'd be 15, 17, 18, 20 million, 22 million viewers. Right. And that's just unheard of. And so life-changing, crazy numbers, number one show on TV. Um, so there's that. But then you mentioned this other interesting twist when, when things became newsworthy and it really became a social phenomenon. And that was later. That was a little bit later. Yeah. The, the, like, People were talk about it, but it really became a social thing getting into the Womack years when it became news. Yeah, totally. And and that's also when people started like talking to their friends about it, being yeah. like, or it's like a, like you said, like a social event. And it just sort of started to change around mm-hmm. that time. And also Brad really leaned into it, which led to him coming back. But he was like, I'm the most hated man in America. Yeah. And he like, that was like self-proclaimed, but then it caught on and, and it sort of was a, a useful marketing Somehow tool. you're right. Somehow he came off endearing. Yeah. Think of that happened today where a bachelor was, you know, kind of screwed two women over yeah. basically. Yeah. It, it probably wouldn't go over well and he wouldn't be. Wouldn't come back. The darling that came around. back. Yeah. Because like, it kind of happened with Tasha and Hannah with Colton where he sort of, and people were like mad at him about that. Yeah. And I mean, part of that has to do with Colton, I think. And he being not, in, he's like almost really the inverse of Brad. Not endearing, <laughs> also confused, also like walking in circles. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really a Colton fan, but wow. yeah, he he falls in the beefcake mold for okay. me. I, I'm trying to think of who else I like on the show. I actually thought Josh Murray was cute. He's handsome. Yeah, he is. He's a good, he's a good looking dude. I just like the darker haired dudes. I, yeah, guess. I can Brad, tell. Brad's a little bit you're a brunette, too blonde. You're for a brunette me. person. Yeah, even Peter. I'm like, keep your hair okay. dark, man. What are you doing? I don't like blondes. You know, just personal bias. Yeah, blonde guys, they freak me out. Okay, next. Number six, Ali Fedotowski. Best breakup of all time. I'm I'm surprised, honestly, the, one of our greatest seasons ever. I don't know how that's out of the top five. Wow. That, that I might have a bone to pick. Wow. Okay. Um, it was really good. Ratings were massive. The guys were such good story. She was a good bachelorette. It in and the break, the the heartbreak at the end, um, and gave us some of our best characters ever. Let's go over some of them. Yeah, I want to start with Casey. Garden protect your Garden heart. Protect your heart. Oh my god, he's still on the uh, glacier in Iceland and still has that horrible tattoo. Yeah. Oh my god, did he really just wander off production and go get it, or was there someone with him? There was someone with him because you can't just wander off. Yeah, right? no, he just said I want to do it, and we had to take him. So Casey was clearly not going to win the show. Right, we all knew it. Right, he did not. Yeah. And they're in the city of New York, and he goes and he gets this hideous, huge tattoo 
It's like it's like the one of the more garish tattoos I've ever seen that says guard and protect, I believe, over a heart. And yeah. it's like, Allie, I'm here to guard and protect your heart. And she was horrified. horrified. What I loved about Allie was her facial expressions. She couldn't keep anything in. Yeah. I loved it. And he was that character that you didn't dislike him. He just, he's that guy. And there's there's always that guy that just keeps walking through every red flag where you're, you're like, buddy, that that woman has wants nothing to do with you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, she's really like, I'm going to double down. Like, no, no, this isn't the time to double down. This time to leave. Yeah, no, I'm going to get a tattoo. That's I'm like, no, that's not going to help. That's actually going to make the restraining so order. Worse. Yeah, yeah. So, but he, exactly. he, he was just that guy that just kept walking through the stop signs. And you're just like, wow, this is phenomenal because we all know that person. And that's one of the great things about the show in general is you know that person. Yeah, it, it's like so disturbing. Yeah. Just so disturbing. But in one of the best goodbyes ever. Oh my god! You know god. the, the two-on-one glacier, incredible, leaving him there and the helicopter shot, and that also, started a that started a run of those. Those there were there were some good ones. The, the most the most devastating, not devastating, the most savage goodbye like that is leaving Olivia on the island in Ben season when you can like see the peach fuzz of her face blowing in the wind, which is like definitely every woman's horror story. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, amazing. Damn so high upsetting. definition television. Yeah, seriously. Um, let's go back to SD. <laughs> and there was Andy Baldwin. I forget who it was, but uh, we left someone on the uh, deck of an aircraft carrier. Oh yeah. I remember that as well. That was a beautiful shot. I hate to say that because it was breakup, but that was a beautiful shot. Isn't it crazy he dated Marla Maples after, by the way? Very weird. It's just a weird convergence. Yeah. Like, we don't need to go too yeah, deep. Yeah. Also on Alley season, of course, rated R Justin Rigo, who tried to run away with a gimp leg, and she chased after him yelling. So we're in Istanbul, and we find out that he's got a girlfriend. And Is that he, gold? Are you excited to find out someone has a girlfriend? Well, this Okay, l- let me date the show. Please do. So remember when there were like phones in bathrooms and stuff like of that? Of course. So we hadn't gotten clever enough to take all the phones out of, you know, we took them out of the room, but we didn't take it out of the bathroom. So he'd be sneaking into the bathroom, making calls. Oh my God. Clearly the number, you know, we're in Istanbul. So sure. the number is going to come up and it, we get it. From, There's no card for attached to the room. So right. someone's got to pay for these long distance calls. So we're getting that we we realized the number. Anyway, all this falls into place. Ali's going to go. We're in Istanbul, very conservative country mm-hmm. and city. And we we had we were at the Istanbul Hilton. We had to make a lot of promises as to not disrupt and and cause problems. She confronts Rated R. He bolts and he's in the boot because he had a blown out ankle from wrestling or whatever. So he decides to run for it. So I'm following him, which isn't hard to do, and because he's gimping. But I thought the camera crew was behind me for some reason. They didn't make it out the door. Didn't couldn't unhook. I don't know. So. We kind of had him going down the hall, but then he goes in the stairs and I thought they were with me and then I let him go and it turns out they weren't with me. So we lost him. We actually lost him for a short period of time between floors. Incredible. And so we have people on walkie talkies. We're running up and down stairs and elevators. He sur- he resurfaces down below and there's, this is horrifying. There's this outside area that's all ivy and fountains and he starts He's outside and there's a restaurant. All these nice people in business suits are there in Istanbul eating lunch. He starts crawling through the ivy and running over these fountains to get away. And our camera crew are doing the same thing. And and it's, people are just losing their minds. Like, what is happening? That's so funny because it's- It's one of the best scenes ever. Yeah, it's a wild moment on TV, but it seems like it was even wilder. That's so- It was 100% wilder in person than it was on, on camera just because of 
the 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 politics of where we yeah. were in all of this and we had, you know it was just crazy for that to happen and and he left and I said where is he going right it's yeah. kind of like Colton yeah seriously but what's worse your plan here, man? it's Colton but worse because you're in Istanbul with no passport and it was daylight so it's like where are you gonna hide right. man like, it's like 10 a.m or something like <laughs> just that. get in the car also he like goes over a hedge like these really well manicured bushes right that that was that was <laughs> we picked that up after he had crawled across the the lunch place <laughs> it was so yeah. it was so good, and she was pissed. Well, the confrontation with him—that was uh, phenomenal. Just her, that was where she showed her backbone and her, yeah. But it, she was Allie was probably also one of the most difficult bachelorettes to ever work with. I've heard that. Yeah, she was incredibly difficult for the she producers. Only wanted to do what she wanted to do, or well, it's funny because she got into the fashion thing. She didn't want to wear clothes. Mm. She wanted to wear jeans and, and a t-shirt mm. and put her hair up and wear tennis shoes the entire time. Interesting. And we had to explain: you're in Portugal. You're right. going to be on the top of a castle, right? This Probably is kind of right. kind of a princess date, and she's like, "Well, you know," and she would just she was very aggressive, very tough to work with. Interesting, yeah. I'll, that's kind of funny. I feel like she didn't ever really seem comfortable, and that kind of came through. Yeah, and maybe that was it, just yeah. not being comfortable with it all. And then I think Ali had like incredible vacations or locations. You well, met, Bora Bora, Bora Bora, yeah. Also in Iceland, all these places she went to, like two to three years later, became like really popular hot yeah. spots. Like, yeah, we, really- we 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 blew up the Blue Lagoon. Yeah. And- and also, um, side note, active volcano season. Oh, right. There was an active volcano oh my God. on Iceland. We were there and we actually went up to the glacier, did a date there. And then the next day they actually shut it down because a crevasse of lava oh my God. broke open where we, between us and the volcano, where we had landed. So they shut it down. And later it actually caused a problem as we were flying to Bora Bora you know, we got out of Iceland, then it erupted. Mm-hmm. It actually erupted. But the jet that ended up coming over to Bora Bora to pick us up, ironically, had gone through that volcano because there's so much ash in the atmosphere that they our planes were like taken apart oh my God. on the Bora Bora runway for like 16 hours. We just sat there in the airport waiting for this. And, and let me tell you a, a great feeling of of confidence. When you're sitting there in Bora Bora, very small airport, and they're taking the engine cowling off and just taking stuff off and kind of hosing it. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is not a good look. No. Um, I was recently on a plane that had to be de-iced for like three hours. Yeah. yeah and I was just, like, great. Can we just this call it a day? really exciting here. Um, and then Allie's in Bora Bora for her finale. Yeah. And oh. she is completely devastated, ravaged, just torn apart by Frank dumping her. Yeah. And she's like in the most, be- I think that's the most beautiful finale you guys have ever done. Yeah, well, that, that was on the island of Taha'a, um, which we had the entire island to ourselves. Uh, Bora Bora, but there, that was like in um, whatever, um, next to Bora Bora. So we had this small island and it was just us. It looked amazing. It was the first time we'd done something that you know magnificent. It, it was, was that incredible. and probably Brad 2 finale in South Africa, are probably like the two most grand. Ernie L's Vineyard. And oh Stellenbosch. God. That was awesome. Yeah. That was really cool. That was incredible. And also, I feel for like for him and Emily to be there then when you win for a couple of days is like so cool. It was, that was awesome. That was spectacular. That was one of the best weeks of my life. Oh my God. For, on the show. I want to go there. Yeah, it's supposed yeah. to be amazing. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Bora Bora finish and Roberto. And her, Roberto. Poor her, guy. Her picking Roberto and him saying yes. She clearly was in love with Frank the whole clearly season. Clearly was in love with Frank. And if he had, they hooked up after the show. And I think if Frank had come back at any moment, even in the proposal, <laughs> he probably would have. Have you seen Allie's husband? Uh, Frank Mano, right? Is that he looks name? exactly like Frank. Oh my God, you're right. It's... Same name, same look. <laughs> I think his name is Kevin, maybe. It's okay, something like that. But they, they're like dead ringers. That's really funny. But then the interesting thing about Roberto, we had this idea where Roberto, Roberto was going to come in this little lagoon, hop off the boat, 
And then he and I were going to climb these stairs to the top of this beautiful mountaintop there at Bora Bora and, and do the proposal. And by the time we shot, we're always running late. The tide had changed oh, wow. and we couldn't get the boat quite to where we had this board he was supposed to jump out on. And finally he's like, screw it. Jumps off, goes knee deep in his suit into the water and gets out. So now he's soaking his, you know, luckily his dark suit. So he couldn't really tell, but he was soaking wet. And then we had to, so all the cameras had to be on the other side. So we couldn't get to anybody before we actually went on for the proposal, but we had to climb this mountain. So like a hundred steps. Oh my God. Horrible. In Bora Bora, it's 108 degrees, hundred percent humidity. He is sweating like I've never seen before. And then he had to go right into proposal. He was, was so sweaty. It was such a terrible looking so, sweaty so proposal. Sweaty. That's also a good place to be for a few days after you win. I feel like the secluded islands are, are where you want to be. Yeah. But did, like, did she want him to propose? Did she want to pick him? Like, if I were her, I'd just be like, I'm done here. No, Frank, I'm out. Yeah, I think she, I mean, clearly was into it. They got engaged and right. were together for quite some time. And Roberto was a super good guy. I kept in touch with him for quite a long time and, I, and talk every now and then. Oh, cool. Nice guy. And then they were together and came on uh, pad and mm-hmm. at in Vegas. Right. And that's when she had the hurt leg. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Yeah, from the... Uh, air quotes, uh, kayak incident. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I read that he was approached to be the bachelor at some, 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 some we had, we, point. we had talked about him being the bachelor he for sure. A good one. He would have been a great bachelor. He's, there's a few that we talk about, uh, you know, the great white buffaloes that sw- slipped away. Yeah, he, he was one genuine. of those. Yeah. He's, he's definitely on that list of guys that, you know, him and I, and I will put Ari in this category as well, because you know, we did do Ari probably past the prime yeah. of Ari, you know, when it could have been, but other guys just popped up that were good. And, and same thing with Roberto is like, it's hard to go back and revisit those because it doesn't mean the same. Right. Um, Claire Crawley. Claire. Great example. She should have, you know, but that was Andy Dorfman's season. Yeah. I think you made the right choice. Right. And so that's the thing. It's not, you can't indict somebody else, but Claire should have been one. Michelle Money. Should have been the Bachelorette. Oh, Michelle Money. She would have been phenomenal. She would have been phenomenal. Um, but, you know, true. where does she fit and who gets bumped and all that stuff? So it's funny how just these people are, you know, and we we catch so much heat for it. And even now it's like, why, well, you know, what about Mike? What about Tyler? And it's like, yeah, you know, we'll no. look back and think maybe. But I, no. but back even back then, we knew Claire would have been great. We knew Roberto would have been good. Claire, luckily, has given us so much. And from her being in Paradise with the Raccoon mm-hmm. to her and Benoit. And I still Winter think Games. she could do it. By the way, I, I just want to make a, a plea to mm-hmm. whoever's listening. Can we get some summer games this summer? I know we have Paradise. I know. But in 2020 with mm-hmm. Tokyo, I loved Winter Games. It was really fun. Interesting you I, say that. I just want to throw that out okay, there. Okay, well, let's put that out in the universe. Because it, it's kind of close to the end. They start July 24th, which okay. means that The Bachelorette will be wrapping up. And I just want to throw it out there. I loved Winter Games. Wouldn't be sad if it came back. All you right. Know? ABC Network. It's in the universe. Okay. Just throwing it out. If this happens, it's all <laughs> Juliet Littman. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right. We got five more to go. We are coming back on Thursday with five through one. You can find out if Chris Harrison approves. I was pretty excited that he had an issue with Allie being at six. You know, it's good to have some conflict on a podcast. So come back on Thursday, January 2nd, just a few days before Peter's premiere for what we put. And by we, I mean me at five through one. Thanks so much for listening. Happy New Year. And of course, thank you to Chris Harrison. We'll be back on Thursday.